Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more. Hey guys, welcome to the Kickstart Podcast presented by our good friends at ProTaper Handlebars and Controls. Today is Wednesday, and uh, while the Kickstart Podcast is normally a Monday property, we had a wild weekend with uh, two national motocrosses on Friday and Monday. So in traditional fact fashion, we took uh, two days to uh, gather and bench race and uh, go over the last week or so. So uh, I'm Don Maeta. I'm joined in the Swap Moto Live offices by Chase Curtis, our senior test rider, Pat Foster, who is a guest today, and uh, Michael Antonovich remotely on the phone. So uh, guys, Pat was in town. Uh, he lives in Bishop, which is about six hours six hours north north east eastish uh, <laughs> uh up in the mountains and uh he came down for the 2021 ktm 250 and 350 sxf testing today at uh beautiful kawea creek mx park so anton we're all sitting here in the office it's nice and hot because we just turned the air on and we're all covered in a thin layer of dirt and dust and grime but uh but guys, what a what a great weekend! Uh, I think the uh, Redbud National went off very nicely, both of them. Uh, two different uh, types of track conditions, but neither of them were muddy. Much to your delight, eh, Anton? Yeah, it was way different than I think people expected. Um, especially that first one on Friday, it was pretty smooth, even by like Redbud standards. Because typically, you get to that one in July, and there's some kind of like summer storm, or they have to soak the track down, or whatever. Uh, this one wasn't that way. Guys even said it was like a little bit fast pace, and the braking bumps that developed were more chatter instead of like the big, massive curbs. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I honestly thought even on Friday, like, hey, maybe they didn't rip the track so gnarly this time to keep guys from getting too blown out for Monday's race. You know, like make it a little bit smoother, make it a little bit faster. But it doesn't sound like that was like the actual intent. It just kind of came about that way. Mm -hmm. And then they were worried about rain from – Sunday night into Monday morning. I mean, there was massive storm cells all around, like northern Illinois, Michigan, and all that. Luckily, completely missed the Red Bud track, and then the track that we got on Monday was a little bit faster even. Uh, I don't think guys felt that it had as many passing options, but after having those two races back-to-back, -back, guys are, are ready for a break. You know, I think that they overexerted themselves even a little more than they thought they would with two races in that type of a time frame. Yeah, you know what's funny is because some of the guys I spoke to said the two days in between two nationals was not that big a deal and everyone had to do it also. But then other guys were like, oh, that was pretty tough. It wore, wore us down. Did you see, uh, were there any guys like DNFing because they were dropping out or anything? Huh? No, because like the weather was only, it. I mean, it never got out of the mid-70s. We're in a super pleasant time of year right now back here. And honestly, it would be great to see the Nationals kind of move this way so you get away from those 110-degree days in July. But um, So it was never really like that, and I think that that even played into some guys' favor because if it had been 95 degrees on Friday, guys would have been just completely cooked by Monday. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't so much an issue. I think it's just 
you know, we've had so many races in such a tight time frame after not racing for a while that certain people are just kind of like, hey, we, we do need that break. We need that one week off between this and Millville. Yeah. Um, I was kind of cracking up because J-Mart told me he was wearing a sweatshirt, like, you know, in, on one of the in-between days. I'm like, wow, it's, yeah. that, it's that nice out there? Oh, yeah, it was super nice. Like, I mean, I, I wore sweatshirts pretty much every day i wore long sleeves on monday when i went to the track but then it got nice enough out where i put a t-shirt on mm-hmm. but yeah it was it's super mellow right now it was not the typical like triple digit red bud that we're all used to so it wasn't warm enough for you to bust out the shorts <laughs> not this time not well this that's time. why the track didn't dry out because there wasn't all the light <laughs> reflecting off reflecting those, yeah. off those legs of yours Dude, I think I think my time in shorts for the summer might be over because, like, I don't think Minnesota is going to be that hot. Like, yeah, Florida might be, you know, 135 degrees with like an alligator on my ass, but you know, I think we're getting ready to get them put away for the year. Hmm. That's funny. I, there was one shot. I think it was in Monday's race where you, Anton, like crossed right in front of the camera, and mm-hmm. but it, it was just your upper half, so I couldn't tell. I was like, oh, is he wearing shorts? Is he wearing pants? <laughs> oh, no. You just. <laughs> If you had been wearing the shorts, head. there would have been glowing. It if you had been, been wearing like, shorts, it would have threw the f-stop of the camera off. <laughs> yeah, and then the haircut's just enough to like kind of like, oh yeah, there's enough pasty white skin on there. there yeah, did, is that another one of those homemade haircuts like that? Oh, no, 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 no. All right, we, these are these are maintained perfect. So it's now. symmetrical now. It's not like yes. it doesn't have that wave in the back. No. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. We're good, man. <laughs> so. Yeah, I have to ask this. Does Eli care? I Dude. mean, but yeah, he he. Yeah, uh, I I just rewatched parts of the race. Like he cares. You can tell he's bummed. Like, and and that's honestly what made me getting the How Was Your Weekend interview with him so important to me. Like, well, I can't believe he said this because he wasn't going to be on the podium after that. Like, I mean, he has cleaned out in the second turn, and mm-hmm. after a really strong second place moto on the first race on Monday, like, Hey, he could have turned that into something. He knew I have to make everything happen right now. Mm -hmm. So I think he's bummed and all that, but he's not out of it. He said he wants to get a couple wins between now and the end of the season. Who knows? Like, seriously, he could be badass fast come Millville where the track might be a little bit more playing into his favor. This was more of a hard pack track, you know, like it it really was kind of hard pack and that's not typically his best style. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but like that second moto, when he got taken out off the start, as soon as I saw him on the ground, I was like, oh, here we go. He's just going to charge through the pack. He's going to get up to second place, and this is just going to change the whole season around. Mm-hmm. So I almost saw him crashing as like, not not to benefit his season, but I was like, okay, here's like the Well, because you usually see that he like crazy charges yeah. from the back. Yeah, mm-hmm. and when he didn't do that. I was like, wow, it's crazy. But I mean, he's, what, he's 47 points down right now. Yeah. 47 yeah. points down with one, two, three, four, five, eight proposed. Potentially. potentially eight potential races left, right? Yeah. And th- I think that's the big thing with this all, too. Like, he is, this is the most tense situation. And this is, I mean, this is what I said in the podcast last week after Iron Man. Like, he's never been in this situation before, and it makes it really unique, and we really have to see how he adapts to this. Mm-hmm. He's already committed himself as, like, one of the greatest riders of the generation and all that. Like, he's solid now. Mm-hmm. But how these next few races go are going to be really telling to this whole year because he wants to go fast. He, he's trying to go fast. He's trying to make changes on the bike. But I think even in this race for both classes, the 450 class and the 250 class, it was so start dependent this week, maybe more than ever mm-hmm. uh, because everybody was running the same speed. 
And then some of the guys that he gets stuck behind, he just gets in these unfortunate circumstances. Like Friday's race, he's behind Christian. He's catching Christian. He's making a really good charge. And then they get those lappers between them, and then he blows that whole that whole gap again. Mm-hmm. And then he has to do it again. You know, then getting taken out on Monday's second moto, that's completely out of his situation. He was chasing Adam as hard as he could in the first one. Like, yeah. he's going for it. It's not like he's phoning it in. He's just getting put in pretty shitty circumstances. Hmm. And Anton, are you getting are you getting a sense of desperation from him? Like when you're talking to him, is he is the writing on the wall? Well, like, we don't hey. usually get to talk to him. Yeah, <laughs> we don't usually hiding. get to talk to him. You know, but being Anton like, talked to him this week. Is he being yeah. humbleized by like not being the top dog? Is he all of a sudden like, oh, okay, I'll talk to him. No, you know, like <laughs> I'll say this about Eli. He is one that like I've never had a problem with him telling me like straight up what's going on. Like I have, I he has always been straight up like with what what happens. Things can be going really shitty, and he'll tell me, hey, this is where we're at. This is what's going on, and that's huge. And there's. To get that from a high-level guy, you know, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Think about if Ricky was going through this situation back in the early 2000s or James or Chad or something. You kind of have to really take in what words they do give guys out, especially Eli because he's so reclusive. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can just tell he's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do. I just keep getting put in these bad situations, and I know, like, if I had better starts or if I got into the mix earlier and wasn't so buried that it wouldn't happen this way. But then once he gets put in the back and it, there's faster guys than him, he said everybody has stepped it up this year. He's just kind of in no man's land, and it makes it way harder. I don't think he's, like, desperate by any means, but it's more like, oh, shit, this one's kind of getting away from me, so nothing I can do to make it happen other than ride my best. I think it's all code for, bitch, I got the Supercross title. <laughs> do you guys think though do you think any of this is because of how much racing these guys have had to do and the time frame that packed in i mean because we know the bakers guys we know all these the star guys we know their program we know they're busting out motos all the time no one really knows what eli does but the people close to him like from what i've heard and most of us have heard he doesn't ride a lot during the week. And I think he's getting to that age too where he doesn't want to. Like he's in that yeah. baggot mindset of like, why well, have other things to do? Okay, remember what race was it last year where he got arm pump? And he's like, Yeah, I got arm pump because I was fucking putting fence posts in out <laughs> yeah. on the ranch. Yeah. And it's like who the hell as a professional athlete is doing that in other things? Right. But like he's to this point where it's like, Well, you gotta mix it up a little bit. But yeah, I think I think there is some merit to that that he doesn't ride as much as other dudes do. Changing diapers. And I think he, <laughs> and and that's the other thing too. He's flying out as soon as he can every night. Like there is, he he wants to get back to Colorado on Saturday nights as po- as soon as possible. Oh, yeah, like they're going. No one would blame yeah. him for that either. Yeah, being, yeah. Bringing a but, new parent is exciting. Yeah. So I think that there's more of like a hey, like he's still trying to make a like a hard effort to this, but it's just it got out of his hands way too fast, and it's nothing that he can bring back other than by race wins. Yeah. So uh, I. Could not wrangle AC after his win on Monday. We we texted several times and uh, eventually I had to go to I had to go to do a doctor's appointment and we didn't hook up. But um, you didn't get talked to him at the race, right? But like any any indication? I mean, he looks super happy. I talked to him, but like okay, so there's like Don, you know this, but for people that don't know, like South, like Buchanan, Michigan to South Bend is like. 35 minutes Mm -hmm. but then it's like an hour and a half to chicago and then you get that time change back because you go from east coast to central time so a lot of people try to fly out 
as soon as the race is over because they'll catch that last flight out of Chicago. Mm -hmm. So he was trying to do that and was going to, and he had even talked to me like, hey, give me five minutes, I'll come back out and we'll talk. But super upbeat and happy about the win. You know, we talked on Friday after the race was over and, and he's making a conscious effort to be a more well-rounded rider and not get into these panicky situations and stuff like that. Like he's gradually matured and matured into this step. Mm-hmm. Now, I think, I think him like winning a moto this year under normal circumstances with like Cooper there and Ken there and like not this whole COVID, are we racing, are we not, all these weirdo deals. I think maybe his growth isn't as like accelerated in his rookie year on the 450 to win an overall, but he wins a moto. Mm-hmm. But with some guys getting kind of out of the cards and then everything being different, it was just like, okay, yeah, he's going to win a moto this year or an overall this year now for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's super happy. He's making like big decisions not to ride over his head. Uh, I had this thought because I watch all the GoPro stuff and I brought this up to him and how was your weekend? I'm like, hey, you're not revving as hard as you used to. Like I can hear it. I can tell you're just not revving the hell out of the bike. And he's like, yeah, I'm not. He's like, I... I have to think in my head, don't rev the bike out just wide open over every jump. And that was a bad habit that he had. Mm-hmm. You know, he's trying to be a little bit more, okay, don't get put into bad situations, get a good start, don't get buried, don't ride over your head, don't like let the bike get too out of control. And I think like good for him to figure this out because he's had to learn the hard way after so many injuries. Yeah, you got that right. So without going over every position and you know race race result through the you know the two rounds the, the, the two rounds um let's just talk about things that stood out to us like tie that the, the yeah tie <laughs> hey did he he how come he didn't do a one-hander on the second hole shot the <laughs> <laughs> third but uh but no what about the barsha uh moose can oh yeah thing like it's funny because like I watch that over and over and over on TV, and it doesn't look like he was being crazy dirty. He just took that middle line, and that line was there. It's not like he wrapped the berm to go take out Marvin. There was a line there that had been taken before. Mm-hmm. But uh, was that a retaliation as far as you know, or, or just no? It was just an aggressive race move. No, it's just Barsha. Like, yeah. look at what he did to Sexton. Like, dude, <laughs> just dirtied Sexton in that second moto. Like, that's just what – that's just – Justin going for it right now and I think like the next thing that we can talk about about Barsha he's going for a championship like he doesn't think he's out of this so if you're in his way move or he's going to move you like (laughs) that's the whole outlook right now yeah well what he's 52 points down Mm -hmm. well but doesn't think he's out of it like well but but you know what he's happy on his bike he's happy on his bike comfortable um I think he looks great he just has some bad motos here and there Mm mm-hmm uh, next race coming up is Millville, so two motos on a soft sand track, like which is his forte, especially on a bike that he can just hold wide open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he just like the Sexton thing. If he doesn't do that, he finishes considerably higher up in the res- in the running order. But he just did that, you know. Like he he could have even scored more points this weekend. Easy, Anton. Easy. With <laughs> <laughs> so this judgmental attitude on Barsha is what got you fired years ago. No, no, I know. I'm not, I, but like, I'm not saying like he, I can't believe he's doing that. But it's stuff like that where you're like, oh, okay, it happens. Well, it's part of it. To, yeah. yeah, exactly. He did it to Adam. You know, like it's part of it. It's it's the fun of watching Barsha because he doesn't see it as over the line, and everybody knows it's coming. Yeah, I don't think he even knows it, it's happening. Like Don and yeah. I witnessed a, a practice day incident last week at Paula, and like I don't think the guy literally. I seriously don't think he 
he looks at the people around him and sees what he's doing. Yeah. I think he's just focused ahead and just charges. Yeah, last week yeah. at, uh, at Fox Raceway, he cleaned <laughs> out Colton, his, his Colton Eck, Eck, right? Colton right, Eck. Yeah. And Eck was all fired up and got in his <laughs> face. And, you broke my lever. And Varsha says, I'll pay for your lever. And, and, and took him 50 bucks later. <laughs> after after TLD just That's handed Eck a free lever. Yeah. <laughs> That's badass. It's, it's a little unpopular, but... I appreciate the way Barsha rides. Yeah. I mean, he's, oh, so he's aggressive. I. I like it. And, Donnie, you know what it was like, you know, early 90s, mid-90s. That's how he rode. Yeah. Like, th- like the move on, on Mooskin, like I said, it probably wasn't real popular, but I go, oh, yeah, I get that. You just yeah. go out and stop him. You're right before Larocco's leap. You want to try to try to get him. You don't want to be racing up the face of Larocco's <laughs> leap, wondering yeah. if you're going to get this pass made. It's like, no, let's finish this, and let's move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I dig it. Um it, you, it just makes it really fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Do you think uh, the words that were shouted from Muscan's helmet were French or English? They were definitely French. <laughs> French? <laughs> yes. It was French-English, right? A, th- a mix, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think when him and both him and his wife are angry, the French comes out yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, what about uh, Ferrandis and Martin oh, man. on Monday? You know, touching handlebar tips. <laughs> I don't think – I don't – I don't think it was Frandis' fault at all. No, I. What do you think, Anton? I think I thought it looked like just the they ran out of track. They ran out of track, and yeah. you know it didn't look like he was trying to take him out. I mean, they're. It's not like his handlebars cleaned out Martin's arm off the bar. <laughs> they they yeah. touched grip tips, right? They're <laughs> yeah, touching, touching tips. tips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like, <laughs> like okay, and then you have to even take it back. Jeremy cases that triple or that tabletop, and then mm. kind of fades over a little bit. And mm. so it's another one of those, like, Anaheim 2 situations where Dylan's going so fast and, like, committed to something, and then things around him change. And he's so committed to it, he can't back out, really. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he's racing up that inside line. Jeremy kind of gets kicked over, goes to block, and then they touch. Like, there was nothing dirty about that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Jeremy knew he was so close. I mean, I'm sure he heard the bike and everything, but not coming in at that fast of a rate. Mm-hmm. And so then they bump and, and J-Mart was pissed off because, okay, like I was in the ski jump part of the track. So the other side of the hill right before that happened. Mm-hmm. And I had saw that Dylan was catching Jeremy. I'm like, man, I hope he catches him like in this next lap and I get to shoot this photo. And yeah, I really hope two riders he does. Fight. Right. Cause, and cause that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, I hope that he doesn't pass him between now and the time they get back over here. And I really hope he doesn't crash into him. And then, like, half a lap later comes around. They're way further back in the field. I'm like, oh, shit, it happened. And then Jeremy <laughs> comes by, and I see his back and all dirty and his goggles all out of place. I'm like, oh, God, he really did hit him. Mm-hmm. And then, but I rewatched it. Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. J-Mart's bummed. Like, he's mad about it. But J-Mart really uses all that stuff as motivation. Like, mm-hmm. he, he just wants to be the fastest guy, and, and there's nobody that's going to tell him otherwise. And then Dylan's just trying to, like, Dylan's racing for the championship now. He knew after Friday's race he has to make up all the points as much as possible because going into Millville, he knows Jeremy will be strong at Millville. That's his oh, home yeah. track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Dylan knows, like, hey, this was my chance to make up a lot of points, especially after losing the points lead on Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, and Friday was a big concern because he hits his head. He says he gets yeah. up. He's kind of woozy. Said he didn't feel that great on the siding lap of Moto2. You know, his shoulder hurts. He had to have Doc G help him out and, and got taped up and some other things. Like, he went into the rest of the weekend pretty beat up, 
So he did what he had to do to, to keep his shot at the championship going. Mm-hmm. Jeremy's like kicking ass right now. I mean, this is exactly what you and I and Chase thought a couple months or a couple weeks ago. It's going to come down to these two for the title. And of course it is because it's how it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the two guys that are going to win the most races and are, are the fastest and have been in that situation so much. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to get really interesting between the two of them because they have to win out right now. There's such a small gap between them and... It's another one of those situations where you don't know how many races are going to be left in this year. Yeah. It, you know what kind of was odd to me was when I was talking to J-Mart. He, he said straight up, he goes, well, Dylan Fernandez is the fastest guy on the track right now. Mm-hmm. So I've just got to do as best I can and, and not make any mistakes. Like, he knows. You don't, you don't usually hear racers tell- say that. Yeah, because they don't like, want to accept that. You like, know? It's mm-hmm. weird. You know, you got you have to believe in yourself. Believe I mean, right. he needs to read the secret. He does need to read the secret. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I was just surprised to hear that come out of J. Mart's mouth. But uh, he's like equally complimentary of the star bike too. He's like, yeah, that bike's faster. Like he won't come out and say like get too crazy about it. But he acknowledges that that bike's faster than the Honda is too. Yeah, I did notice that, and uh, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it is. I thought that was in- going back to the incident for a second. Hey. I don't think anybody did anything wrong. Jeremy knew what he was doing. He messed up on that jump, and he was moving over to try to close the door. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all been where Ferrandis was. When you are committed to that line and you go in hard and somebody starts moving over and moving over, there's nothing you could do now, yeah. right? He's committed. That's a helpless feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, you could tell he was getting on the brakes as hard as he could, and but Jeremy was coming over. I think it's just one of those things. Yeah. But it definitely lights the fire, and it's going to make it interesting going from here out. Yeah. Right. Do you think Martin cursed in French? <laughs> <laughs> I think he cursed I like every that he way got he could. up and threw his hands up. Yeah, threw his hands up. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that's what he said. Too. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, uh, Hampshire winning—that was pretty cool. But it was kind of a one of those uh, unconventional scores, right? Wasn't it like three-two yeah. or something. Or it two, was three? funny when he crossed the finish line and he like kind of just threw his hands in the air, like, "Wait, did I win? What, yeah. what happened?" <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get to talk to him, Anton? Yeah, uh, he was going for it. I mean, yeah. I, I put up like a collection of images on our uh, SwapMotoLive.com Instagram. I mean, he was bumping and banging his way to get to the front. Yeah, uh, he just basically moved Mitchell Harrison like straight out of the way. Yeah, and then how about when he almost Randis. he almost Sunny Bonoed himself in the first moto? <laughs> almost went straight in that into tree. that tree. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he was bummed after like losing that because he knew that was his chance. So for him to do what he did. You know, RJ knows it's been an up-and-down year. He's pretty much out of it for the title and all that, but he'll be back next year. He's slowly building himself back up to being, like, that title guy for 21. Mm-hmm. But he's going to make things super interesting, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I still think it's crazy impressive to see him racing at this level after getting an ACL done oh, in yeah. March. Him mm-hmm. even being it's on nuts. a bike right now is crazy. Yeah. yeah. For those of us who had ACL surgeries, this is super early. Mm-hmm. And, and he looks really good. He looks solid. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I have to say, Uh-oh. in 2001, I had a patella tendon graft in my left knee. I blew it out early October. My knee was so swollen they couldn't operate till Halloween day. I raced the Cycle News Christmas Grand Prix on December 5th. <laughs> I mean, granted, I was at a super high level back then, you know, like beginning <laughs> class or something, but I mean... I don't know. It's crazy how surgery's gotten better, but they've been more cautious with some recovery times. 
Because my doctor gave me the thumbs up back then. Did you really? Yeah. Well, you've got a gnarly high threshold for pain, and you make bad choices. Yeah. So. There you go. Maybe yeah. RJ's like that. Because I heard he was running. I heard he was, like, running a month and a half after surgery. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He would call me, like he and I talked quite a bit during that whole quarantine break where nothing was happening. And he's like, hey, what have you heard? Do you think I should do this? Do you think I should come back? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm not the one to be asking. But it's one of those things where he had to, like, weigh the pros and cons. Do I go back for Supercross and push it unnecessarily and then maybe get hurt worse and then miss all of the summer and then go through this whole process again? So, like, him waiting and not doing the Supercross races and coming back for this, like, He's proven like a really, really wise choice all the way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, McElrath winning the, that first moto, I thought that was pretty badass. It, mm-hmm. it, was, it was cool because Shane has been fast, but then at the finish, he's over, he's overshadowed by a couple of his teammates. Usually, yeah. but in, in this instance, it was him. And uh, oh, let's let's take it back to Fridays. How was your weekend? I loved it. <laughs> loved it when Dylan clowned you. That was so good. Mm-hmm. And do you tell me if you guys agree with this? Because you know, I watch the comments on our Instagram and our YouTube and stuff. And like, for as hated as Ferrandis was in Supercross for taking out Craig and all the booing yeah. and all that bullshit, people were like behind him now for outdoors. People were like, oh, dude, Ferrandis is a beast. Yeah. And he's got out. He's got fans in the outdoor series. I think. I mm-hmm. think us Moto fans are just a bunch of hypocrites. I, I saw a couple comments that I recognized those usernames saying, oh, yeah, Ferrandis is awesome. Yeah. From, oh, F that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, and, like, he's so badass. Uh-huh. Like, dude, two, like, okay, two-time Supercross champion. For a 250 class guy, I mean, that's a big accomplishment. Look at guys like Grant Langston that get, like, accolades for that later in their career. And then almost won the outdoor championship last year. Is in a good position to win it this year. But people love to hate him. Like, Megan mm-hmm. was at the Indiana race last week and said that people were, like, cheering when he crashed on the first lap. But then as he picks his way through, that he, like, silently they stop cheering and then they stop talking shit. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that there's totally people that, like, act like they, oh, yeah, I don't like him. I like him. I don't like him. I like him. But mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's riding great. And like J-Mart said, he is the fastest guy in the G-Fitty class. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think people are just starting to realize and respect the fact that he just wants to win. Yeah. He just wants to win more than everybody else often. Yeah, yeah he doesn't doesn't care about anything else. Like, he, Dylan will see, like, Dino jet skiing or something, and he'll like, oh, what a dumb shit. He yeah. should be training. Yeah. Well, we see him putting in motos at Paula and the local tracks. He, the guy just keeps going and going and going. He is yeah. the only pro I ever see on, like, an off weekend riding mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday at yeah. a track. True, like, true, true. Fastest guy on the fastest bike. You know, it's funny is when Malcolm was on uh, Geico racing 250s, yeah. he would always say, man, I know when one of those star bikes is behind me because you could just hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, just the, the, the intake up front and just how powerful they are. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a confidence builder, I think, to be on one of those bikes. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how fast the star 250F is with little Will Hahn on it? Oh he my. weighs like 110. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. The power to weight ratio has got to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, on that note, let's take a quick break to hear from our uh, wonderful sponsors that make this possible. We'll be back. Hey, guys. This is Shane McGrath of the Star Racing Monster Energy Yamaha team. BC Fit Mills has been a huge tool in my success by keeping me healthy, energetic, and recovering the best way I possibly can. 
all their meals are super delicious, ready to eat, and take the guesswork out of trying to eat right daily. Visit their website at bcfitmills.com and sign yourself up today. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world, period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. Hey, it's Bo Han, team manager of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team. Works Connection has been building the best aluminum parts in motocross for over 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start device to their original axle blocks. Works Connection parts are designed and produced in California, and we are proud to use them on our factory race bikes in Supercross and Motocross. Check them out at worksconnection.com. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Hey, welcome back to the Kickstart Podcast presented by Pro Taper. Um, so, guys, we are we are bench racing mostly about the 250 class. How about the how about the 450s? Well, we talked about Eli, really, but uh, how about uh, Blake Baggett? Yeah, that, that was, was awesome. Sick. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've got this buddy who uh, who texts me, and it's like a guy I started riding with years and years ago. But he's he's about I think he's ten years older than me, and so. He texted me out of the blue the other day. Blake Bagga is my hero. What? Like after he wins the moto, and I just wrote, why? And he goes, because he's old like me. And I go, he's not nearly as old as you. He just looks old. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, that was pretty badass. That was a total uh, Baggett, you know, kind of Baggett trademark moto. Yeah, classic. Mm-hmm. Really, uh, like, tricky pass, all that. That yeah. pass was so good. The pass was cool. It was almost as cool as Barsh's. <laughs> was that the same area, Anton? Yeah, like pretty cool. Yeah, like all those little like flowing sections, especially yeah. up that big table in the middle, because then you go up that uphill sweeper. Um, hey, on the Baggett note, like there's a lot of talk and a lot of people like wondering because he posted that his property down in Florida is for sale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the big thing on all of that, it's. Uh, He's not, like, quitting, but he knows, like, hey, put it out there because once you do start winding down his career, he knows it's coming to an end. He said that, you know, when we did that interview with him before the Daytona Supercross, you know, everything. And, like, even for this moto, when he said it's super special because you don't know how many more you're going to get. It's not like he's done and, like, quitting right away and all this is over. He's got one more year of his contract with KTM. 
has all that stuff going on. Uh, and it, like, they would turn it into a practice facility if, like, the price was right. But um, he's sitting on a very, very nice deposit of clay out there. And mm-hmm. that's a, like, super important element in Florida. So he could be sitting on, like, a massive cash cow just underneath him everywhere. Yeah, so, I mean, someone not even looking to utilize the motocross potential of the place might buy it, right? They might buy it oh, totally. for mine, yeah. yeah. So what do you think? Do you think Baggett retires and stays in Florida, or do you think he comes back to the Inland Empire out here, California? Uh, I think he goes back because yeah. he wants to run the, the steel business with Tom. Oh, he wants to build buildings, huh? Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> Like, take all that, that nice investment of all of his racing career and move back. I think it'll be so funny for him to move. Because, like, he won't leave that property for, like, a month at a time. Mm-hmm. Like, he told me, like, last off season he just didn't leave ever. And so to go from being completely isolated out there to living back in, you know, within viewing distance of Club 215 is going to be a big change of pace for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Club 250. Yeah, Grand Terrace. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I, I passed it up. Uh, I passed that on the uh, on the way home from Snow Summit the other day. I was like, Grand Terrace, Grand Terrace. Oh, that's where Baggett's from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's a little brown out there. But uh, um, other things, dude, I was pumped for Tickle out there. You know, like mm-hmm. legit getting a sixth place overall. Um, I feel like he has to be uh, exceeding his expectations that he placed on himself. You know, like. He's finished fourth and sixth now, right? That's well within mm-hmm. the top ten. Yeah. And, I mean, and huge, too. Like, going really, really good. I think even better than a lot of people expected, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we knew Brock could maybe get a couple of these results, but he's done it consistently. He, knock on wood, hasn't gotten hurt. Like, no missed motos, no missed anything, no big crashes. Like, Tickle's doing really, really good, and he's riding totally within his means. Like, he's not sketchy on the track or riding over his head at all. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I... And I hope something comes along for him because, like, now he knows he's riding for a deal for next year, but there's been no kind of understanding of where he could go. Like, this is, in the last two weeks, this whole silly season thing is completely turned on its head. Yeah. And with guys like Brock putting in really good results, it gets even more complicated. Yeah. I think the whole silly, silly season thing is just even oh, more man. complicated because of uh, the delay in the series and you know the time of the year we're in and and the whole COVID nineteen thing like wh- yeah where's the world mm-hmm. gonna be you know in January right um I have a lot of like insight that we kind of alluded to last week just in hey you know more stuff has happened and we've had seven days to hear more news mm-hmm. so like with the Geico Honda thing like what they're gonna do you know that's a that's Geico making a big decision because they pulled out of their NASCAR racing efforts too. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they just had one thing about this motocross team that they yanked the, the curtain away from. They're doing it all the way across the board so that happens. Uh the Supercross news that I've been hearing is like hey, there will probably almost certainly not be Anaheim 1 the first weekend of January to start the season. Like almost definitely it's not going to happen like that. Expect the series to start somewhere back on the East Coast, you know, where States like Missouri or Florida or Texas are a little bit more open. Wherever you see NFL teams having games with uh, crowds in them, assume that you could see Supercross there in some capacity starting like late January, early February, whatever. Hmm. But then, so that's pretty good insight. Like, hey, we do have an idea that there is going to be some semblance of a series next year. But then at the same time, too, there are a lot of teams that don't know what the hell is going to happen. You know, one week you hear, hey, this team's got it going on, like the Barsha thing. Oh, yeah, he's going to gas gas. All this is happening. And then Yamaha <laughs> First does what season. they do. Yeah. 
Yeah, first right of refusal, which they have the full right to do. And and then that changes this whole, well, does he go to star now? Does Factory Yamaha keep this team open? Like, what goes on? Yeah. You know, like, it's such a weird year made even more complicated by a pandemic and by not knowing where the hell we're going to go at all next year. Mm-hmm. I'm just nervous for how loud it's going to be in the stadium when there's 25 Yamahas in each class. <laughs> yeah. So, man, the whole star thing, I mean, you, you think the Barsha thing throws a monkey wrench in that? Like, they might have to keep a factory team for him? Okay, so I don't know. Because, like, they have a million questions around them right now. Mm-hmm. Like, Ty Masterpool, you know, Ty has never done Supercross. He's only done one outdoor season. He was good. For him to come out and do what he did this weekend is big. He yeah. could have just earned himself another spot there because a lot of talk was that he wasn't going to be back there next year. They have so many amateur kids. Fry's going to come move up. They're trying Don, to get more said, amateur kids. Yeah. Don, you said, like you and Chase said, that he's riding around California with, like, three-digit numbers on. Yeah, now. Like, he's ready to go racing. Now, yeah. You know, so, like, they have that. Colt's hurt, trying to come back, trying to figure out what they're going to do. And then Shane, who was like, well, he's leaving. You know, this was so important for him to win that Supercross championship. Well, he might not be leaving now if Feld and the AMA and maybe Yeah, so there's talk of... Them, like, what, not counting the season for something? No way, really? Yeah. So he could be kind of like, okay, brought back in in some roundabout way and, and put on that. And then with the other thing with the star deal, like, Dylan's there. Dylan's done. It's all going to happen. But then there was talk of, like, okay, maybe Tickle could get a bike there. Okay, maybe Malcolm's going to get a 450-only deal there. And right. Christian will ride it for the 450 outdoors. Like, all of that stuff with Barsha now getting kept at Yamaha changes everything. And from the people I talk to, they don't even really know, like, how it's going to get mapped out yet. It's still so undecided. A lot of indication is that he would just get, Barsh would just get moved to star with Ferrandis, and it would be those two guys, and it would be nothing in-house. What about, what about AP? Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, you're going to go three guys. AP is the other one that's out there. And I think he would really flourish under a full-time star program, you know, back about, to what he's done so well on. What about Christian? Is he going to... Is he going to point out for the 250 class next year, though? Is he going to have to move up? Probably. I mean, if they're, I don't think he was going to have to ride a 250 at all, like in 21, or a 450 at all in 21, other than by choice outdoors. But, like, I, I've, everybody that I've been talking to is thinking, like, he would be a title contender for 21 Supercross on that bike. Yeah. You know, and that program, because he's doing really well with it now. Like, he's already mm-hmm. training with Swanapool, and look at the results he's putting in on a Honda 450. Mm hmm. Uh, it like yeah, that's the thing. Who the hell knows? And that Star Yamaha deal is the whole thing that a lot of people are revolving their silly season around. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Too bad I call Will and ask him what's up, and he'll just say, "I don't know." They're gonna have to get a new shop though. That shop's tiny. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It, it's 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 the whole thing's weird, you know. Because then like the whole gas gas thing. So then who who do they put there? Because right. Every, we've all kind of heard, like, okay, maybe Savachi could be this, or, you know, if McElrath did have to move up, who knows? Like, There's no yeah. way, though. You think McElrath would go there after the stuff with the TLD team last year? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that gets weird because, you know, he was legitimately hurt, you know, and, and yeah. how did KTM really play that? Like, yeah. do they just like, well, hey, water under the bridge, we, we need a guy on a big bike. You know, who knows? And yeah. I doubt Malcolm's going to go there because he's got to wear seven. There's yeah. no, yeah. 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 Tick. 
I don't, I feel like Jeremy maybe should have raced and maybe then he would have had a spot in a 450 this year. Well, and that could all get kind of played out now too, depending on what happens with like Ken, because Ken's now also a big element. You know, he didn't race the nationals and there are, there's all this talk of like, well, is his heart in it and all this and like, Hey man, you know, he's had a rough go of it. So it's understandable that he wants to take a summer off. And then yeah. Mathis, uh, you know, talked about this Dungey trying to write a Honda deal. Don, yeah. you've heard a little bit more about that. Yeah. Like, there's some legs to that rumor now, you know? So, like, but he wouldn't take that spot. But then when Dungey gets brought back into the conversation, more people have started to hint at, well, maybe Ken doesn't want to do Supercross in 21 either. And then that could open up something else for somebody to take his spot. Yeah. Jeez. It's, like, it's all weird. It, there is... There, there is so much stuff that changed from like Ironman to yeah. that weekend at Loretta or at the weekend at Redbud, like everything that has been going on and people are just like, I don't know. <laughs> and then you add in the fact, and then you add in the fact of like, we don't know how many more races are going to, we're going to do. Like, I, I know we keep saying that, but like, that is a serious thing because you talk to a couple guys and this is no hate on MX sports or everything. Cause it's out of their hands at this point. They're just trying to get these races going on. The races yeah. that we've been to the four, you know, three different tracks, five different rounds have been incredible. Everything's going pretty good. You know, yeah, there is some, you know, like complaints and gripes and stuff like that, but that's typical. But like, you know, we go into this break now. We don't know if Colorado is going to happen because there's all this talk that another drag strip down the road in Colorado has pissed off the whole state. And then the Thunder Valley track got told like, you know, hey, you could be in this situation where you can hold a race. So that's one round that's already in confusion. Oh wait, mm. they just had massive snow there the other day after 99 oh, degree temperatures. Oh <laughs> so what the what what's the weather going to be at that time of year there? The Florida thing, we'll kind of see how this goes. But then like there's a general consensus we could get told any day now. Hey, guess what? We're going to do two Millville's instead of one of the races at Paula or Colorado or wherever. So mm. we'll have another double header there. No one knows. You know, we're how from here until next Tuesday plays out, we'll say a lot about how that last part of the season gets handled. Yeah. You know, when you're talking about no Anaheim's at the beginning of the year next year, I was hoping you're going to go, they're going to have seven rounds in Salt Lake City. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a possibility. Oh, a possibility. I love that place. I want to go back. Uh, you could have three rounds in St. Louis and sleep at my house. Oh, no. <laughs> Come on, dude. There's no mountain. <laughs> There'd there. be no bikes left in the pits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. So, so uh, Anton, uh, you're uh, you're going riding on Monday, I hear. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to race this weekend. That's whoa, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I want to. There's a Missouri State Series race, which is like the big Missouri championship. Okay. And it's in, uh, it's like 30 minutes from the house at like the track that I really liked going to when i was a kid so i want to go race that i think maybe practice friday see how frisky i feel it's a two-day race and then monday for sure i'm going to go to lincoln trail which is like an hour and a half the other direction uh fly racing's having their big ride day out there so going to go check that out it's like ten dollars a ride fully prepped tracks damon bradshaw weston pike are coming yeah so if you're in the midwest and you can take the day off on monday go do that uh it's gonna be a good time a lot of big dealers and distributors or not dealers, brands underneath like the WPS banner will be there. So, you know, cool to go see all that. And I'm, I'm interested to see just how like the Midwest moto scene is right now. Cause I've only seen like a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. 
So, so yeah, so you are well equipped now in your 2020 fly racing gear mm-hmm. to uh, to go because we shipped your uh, we shipped your gear shipment from JT Money out to you. JT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, thanks JT. That cost me 119 dollars to ship. Oh. That. <laughs> Was it's it okay. a whole gear I, bag? No, I, I didn't send the gear bag. It was too heavy, man. Jeez. But uh, yeah. But you also got. I like the sublimated jerseys. It's pretty cool, huh? Mm-hmm. Did you cool. get your pro taper parts yet? Yeah, that was I in did. the box. That was in the box. That was so in the box. You can upgrade the uh, the parts on your the components on your bike before your big race. Now mm-hmm. I feel bad for not sending you that trick hole shot device because I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna send this to Anton. He don't race. And then look, he's gonna yeah, race. I don't need. He's gonna uh, race yeah. before me. It's okay because I'm kind of thinking like I'm only gonna race the like plus twenty five plus thirty class because now plus thirty eligible, big deal. So. Uh, I'm just going to kind of roll off the line, take like a cue from the MXGP guys and wait until everybody goes and then just cut all the way over into the first turn and pick everybody <laughs> off. Mm. But, so. uh, but yeah, that, but seriously, I'm like bummed I didn't send it. Oh, no, it's okay. Don't worry. I'm a decent starter. Like Especially a- on an Alta. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. I remember those days. <laughs> remember when I just- might need that <laughs> thing, though. I might need it though because it's a two it's a two stroke it's the two fifty two stroke so I'm thinking we're gonna be like twelve o'clock out of the starting block. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're gonna look like uh, the wheelie boys of the. Mm-hmm. You just need a nice run up like Dahmer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Anton's got too much moral integrity for that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, so uh, as I mentioned earlier, we were testing bikes at Cooyer Creek today. So, uh, P. Foster here got to. Uh, Spin laps on the 250 and 350F today. And uh, what'd you think? You know what? KTM bikes are always solid. It was fun. Kui is great. It didn't get too rough. There wasn't a whole lot of people out there today. Track was all time. Super fun. Little breeze, so it kept it a little cooler. Blew some of the smoke out of the way. And uh, KTM guys were always gracious. Um, Had a great time riding the 350. That's such a fun bike. I wish there was... I don't know. I wish you... All the manufacturers made 350s, not just KTM and Husky. You know what? So many people would be better off riding a 350, probably myself included a, a lot of times. You know, I we think talked a lot about of us it. would be safer. A lot of us would be safer. You know, it, it's so much fun riding a 250. It just needs a little bit more. But, mm-hmm. you know, as we all know, often a 450 is too much. And uh, a 350 just hits, hits a good spot. Yeah. It was really fun. I had a lot of fun today. I was smiling under my helmet. Except for that one time my hand blew off the bars. <laughs> that was a scary spot, too, for your hand to be coming off. <laughs> Fastest part of the track going right up the face right? of another jump. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, Anton, I was actually nervous about uh, today because it was like, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll test today. I won't just hang out and shoot photos. But uh sure felt good to be out on the bike and uh, doing it in the dirt, I guess, for lack of better terms. It was great. You know what, bud? I'm I'm just glad that uh, we had today. The 350 was a great bike for you to get your feet wet on. I know you've been riding a little bit, but um, you know that's just a good one. I was wishing they would let us take it. I know because I, I think that would be a good one for you to spend some time on while yeah. you're while you're getting back and uh, getting your yeah. groove. You no, know, no, I think we we've got a Husky 350 down there. Oh, I should load that bad boy up. There you go. Did you feel more more uh, comfortable on it today? I did because I I think on the scale it's not a big difference. Yeah. But the the sensation of riding a 350, it feels much lighter than a 450. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's due to the engine inertia right. and the way the power builds. But, yeah, I, I didn't think about my arm being 
spaghetti noodle as much yeah on this bike as i do on the cowie yeah i haven't seen you ride yet before today and i i honestly didn't expect you to be jumping or anything i oh. thought you're just gonna cruise around because all the pictures <laughs> i've seen you've just been hitting berms and stuff oh yeah and so then i saw you jumping i was like oh <laughs> dude you know what's weird too is that you know that the mobius wrist brace is amazing mm-hmm. it's awesome it's it's i think it's the best wrist brace out there right um I was like, when my when my arm was weak the other day, I was like, dude, I gotta get, I gotta get out there with my Mobius on. Mm-hmm. And I think it was actually working against me because it was giving me this false sense of uh, safety and security. Right. And it was causing me to hold on lighter mm. with my bad arm than yeah. I would have normally, because I didn't wear it today, and my hand only came off when I hit Once. that big break at the end of the day. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, super fun. Though. I'm glad to be back on the bike and already smoking Dahmer. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's you know it's not normally a great accomplishment but you know 16 weeks time period out 16 yeah. weeks off the bike broken neck pinched nerves mm-hmm. still smoking the program puts a smile on my face <laughs> but um hey don you know how a couple of years ago when you hurt your wrist and you started running the poison thing on the left side would yeah, that the, help the flex grip yeah would that help or would that be like too much movement uh, right i don't think that would help per se for this because before i did it because i was had a recovering broken bone right and uh, mm-hmm. and the impacts caused pain um that it's a great product i mean i if it wasn't so hard to get and transfer from bike to bike i'd probably put them on my bikes just for comfort but that and for this instance wouldn't wouldn't help my uh my nerve impaired arm mm-hmm. no, but, i think hmm. i think you'd want a solid grip i don't think you want anything moving that you're not expecting to move. Yeah. That's why I run ODI lock on grips. <laughs> I do too. Did you go like full, bar- did you go full waffle? No. Like for all the grips? No, no, I am not like Eli. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how that guy does that. I hate thick grips. Yeah. I half, half, waffle, half waffle's those, almost uh, too much for me. Do you remember when we test Osborne's bike a couple years ago and you had those sweet pro taper, like <laughs> the baby grips? baby ones that you could wrap your whole hand around twice? I really like those. You <laughs> yeah, know, those pretty, were sweet. It was pretty cool because you could wrap your whole hand around it without holding on tight. Right. So you had your, the bar was secure in your hand, mm-hmm. but you weren't death gripping. Yeah. I, I think it'd be pretty good for arm pump. I get arm yeah. pump a lot, and I'm thinking those small, small bars and small grips are pretty cool. Yeah, those were sick. Does he still run those, Anton? Have you noticed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Him and Jmart are like the main two guys that do that, uh, uh-huh. just because they have smaller hands. Hmm. Huh. I, and I want to say that was something that like was talked about going into production at some point, but just never did. Oh. What on the the TTRs or something? <laughs> <laughs> Your SSR. Yeah. 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 Well, right on, man. Uh, got anything else that we should talk about, Anton? I think uh, what it's an off weekend, and I know there's some guys that didn't fare so well or as well as they would have hoped at the uh the first few rounds they're going to be out there hammering if, yeah. yeah um I, I don't know i think that's pretty much it i think guys really are going to take uh as much time as possible on this break just because they've been just go 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 since this very first one and it's been so crazy you know um i think we're going to see guys come back into that last one like really really eager to push you know zach knows Hey, I got to close this thing out. Eli's going to try to do what he can do. Barsh is going to go crazy to try to make his shot. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really, really exciting. Um, 
MXGP thing just because it came up on TV right now because oh, yeah, I know yeah. a lot of people yeah. are worried about hurlings. Uh, what you said, you gonna, wrote, he already went to McDonald's? <laughs> already went to McDonald's. Um, he got, like, he got life flighted out. So I, like, I saw that stuff this morning and, like, Chase texted me too. And I was just like, oh, dude, I don't know. But then I guess the nearest hospital was like an hour drive away. And so they're just like, well, get him to the hospital sooner in, an amb- or in a helicopter and you're good. Uh, but he's been cleared. He took a pretty good hit to his neck and his uh, shoulder. Um, it was weird. It was a weird crash. Like he was going slow and the bike just kind of spit him over the front of the bike. And then he went head first into the ground. The first thing, uh, I, the first thing I thought when I watched it was like his hand came off. Like mine. Yeah, I was gonna say he crashes a lot like you, just straight to the head. <laughs> yeah, just a full long arm. And a lot of brains in there, dude. It's heavy. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's good. So he'll miss. He'll miss this next race. I mean, he still has the points lead even after today's motos. But oh, really? He'll miss that. Yeah. So he'll he'll miss that last one at the Fazia track. Uh, so he's out for that. So could be a mix up there. Um, but he's good. You know, he's, he, there was some concern, like when that initial press release came out that he still had feeling or he quickly regained feeling in his like legs and hands. I was like, Holy Jeez. shit, that's terrible. Yeah. But I guess he's fine. Uh, they motorsport.com, which is a big racing website over in Europe. Have, they have a interview with Joel Smets and Smets said that they think there's like a small fracture in one of his vertebrae. So he'll probably be out for a while. Um, dude, have you noticed this? And like, even with you hurting your neck this year, a lot of like broken vertebrae this season yeah. all over the place too like some things not so serious but other guys like i mean ac broke vertebrae mm-hmm. uh, a couple guys in the gps did fe- i want to say febra something like mm-hmm. there have been some guys that have broken their necks kind of hard this year and that Tevin tapia yeah, yeah. dude kind of gnarly um so he's good though so he could be out for the rest of the season you know who knows from there they have one week off after the sunday's race and then they have another triple header uh, in Italy again, um, but th- this was an awesome race today. That that track that they're racing at for this one is gnarly. It's so fast, like mm-hmm. full Euro hard pack with those big cut in berms and stuff. The 250 class is chaos. I mean, four different moto winners today. It was it was cool. Yeah, or three different ones. Sorry. Wow. Well, um, week off. What are you going to do on your weekend off, Anton? Oh, you're going to go race. Yeah, he's racing. I'm going to go racing. So there is no weekend off. So are you going to put your phone on selfie mode and do a how was your weekend with yourself? (laughs) I'm just hoping to make it through this. Like, I think Friday is going to be like when I go ride practice, I'll see how like, okay, is this a good idea or a bad idea? I think it's an okay idea. Yeah. We'll see. You should run a GoPro. So you can just hear me praying the whole lap. Just, (laughs) ah! Uh, Yeah, it'd be terrible. Oh, oh, hey, okay. So, touching on that whole uh, Dylan Friend is clowning you thing, how, how did uh-huh. you, how did you feel when McElrath goes? <laughs> it's Monday. I learned that from Dylan Friend. Bro, I was laughing so hard already about Shane's face mask because oh, I like, know. At, like Shane and I are very different in a lot of ways, but like we, I really like Shane and and he really likes me, so like we we can do that whatever. But a couple of weeks ago, he was like, hey, let me put my mask on. And it was some Trump mask. And I was like, I had already started the camera. I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever. You know, yeah. like, there's a, okay, whatever. When he put this one on, I almost had to, like, stop recording because I was about to laugh so hard. Because, like, it's just so on-the-nose hilarious. And, and, and what, I was just like. In his comments, he was like, I love it because he gets in our Instagram. Oh, first all, and com- comments back at people and stuff. Yeah. And almost talk shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, uh, but what, his mom made this mask for him or something? I don't know, dude. I was laughing. I was just like, that's awesome. I just thought it was hilarious. And, like, it's funny. It was funny. But, yeah, then he did that because he's like, I learned that from Dylan Ferranda. So I got the one-two in his interview. I was yeah, like, yeah, this is a good one. Shane's <laughs> a good interview. Shane's a good interview. Yeah. The one-two yeah. punch. So what did that yeah. mask say? It's something like it's, there's no reason to walk around with face masks on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did uh, it say Governor Newsom or something in the day? No, it said Dr. Fauci. Uh, oh, Dr. Fauci. Yeah. Yes, yeah. which was even more a little bit of salt in the wound right there. I was just like, oh, okay, here we go. You know what other one I saw that was funny was uh, David Pingree's on his Instagram. He posted him and his wife, but then his daughters and his daughter said something like face masks definitely work 60% of most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I saw yeah. one I saw one on Instagram last week that said uh uh my jeans don't keep my farts in but this will sure work. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what Mike Mason was telling me. Dude, if my fart can go through my underwear, my jeans to your nose, how's this face mask be healthy? <laughs> But you know what? You yeah. should all wear face masks, especially the Swap Moto Live face masks that are available mm-hmm. on the merch tab on our website. Those ones do work. They, they yeah, those work. Tested. Yeah, yeah. They do work. So, <laughs> yeah. so what do what do you think, Anton? You you got your your SML merch in the in the big box the other day. I'm repping it proud. Yeah, I'm repping it proud. How, yeah. How, how about how about your lovely wife Megan? Did she finally chuck those old Transro motocross shirts? And yes, <laughs> my PTSD can finally sustain for just a little while. Subside. Yeah, dude. Like and. That was the thing, too. Everybody always said those Transworld shirts were so soft, so I'm glad these new ones are equally soft, and they're made in America, which I thought was a nice touch. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Made in America, yep. printed in Temecula. <laughs> just, just checking all the boxes all the way up. Yeah. Yep. All right, well, uh, I guess, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, if you have a mini racer, you need to check out the mini major West Coast in uh, – September 20th. 24th through the 27th. 24th to 27th at State Fair. And then uh, later in November, Mini Majors headed east mm-hmm. to Mount Walker's Place in Georgia. So uh, we'll see you at that race, right, Anton? Or, or there's, there's nationals are over by then, right? Yeah. Yeah, I won't make the West Coast Mini Major. Yeah, uh, you'll make the, the same East Coast. weekend as Florida, but East Coast one for sure going to be at that one. Cool, cool. Well, so, hey, guys. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, for uh, Anton. PFO and Chase. I'm Don Maeda logging out. Talk to you next week. Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose built for youth riders. ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more.